1: This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina.
0: Welcome into the Triple Option. Timmy Tuesday with us here. Timmy! (laughs) Roy Nogletree. Timmy! Timmy! so, uh, that the Timmy Tuesday is not gonna, not no, gonna. Stand. I don't think I like was thinking
2: that impression from South Park is it's gonna land more, yeah.
0: I mean, it's for them, yeah. They're kind of, making... I don't have the you know, Here's what, here's what's interesting about them they don't care, so it made them kind of bulletproof, right? And if you want to call them out on something, they're just gonna make an episode about it, right? And so. then you're gonna be like kind of caught in the void, so you're like, I don't, just cycle, I don't know how I'm gonna get out of this, so right. just don't mess with them, but uh. There's a lot to get to. We've got uh, big games this week, which we'll talk about uh, in the later segments of the show. But one of the big stories in college football is the reaction to Dan Lanning, which has kind of gotten out of control. Reaction to the
2: reaction to Dan yeah, Lanning. the
0: reaction, the reaction, the reaction. And Dan Lanning was as absolutely cool as a cucumber yesterday when they asked him about, particularly a guy who I don't like to talk about, Skip Bayless. <laughs> He's like, look, he loves what Dion's doing for college football. I think what people may not realize is. Post game speeches are improv. They're like a performance art thing. Yeah, they're like acting exercise. Honestly, like as an improver myself, some of them sound like, okay, give me three things I need to say and a location where two people would be stuck on a boat. You <laughs> know? Like, and then he just, and then you just go. Who is the person that slided to me? Your dad? All right. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's how it goes. Like, all right, let's go, let's go, let's go, and then you just go. Yeah, and. The dumb things that, and I, I love telling the story because it's, it's very funny to me, but uh, the dumb things that happened to get teams motivated. One time, Baylor had a team that was pretty confident they could finally go break their losing streak in Lawrence against Kansas and Bill Self. And so... Basketball. Basketball right. and basketball. So during that game, they were celebrating, like they, and they do this in Lawrence because they literally invented basketball there. They were doing the, you know, 100 and how many years of us inventing basketball video mm-hmm. with all the hype video and stuff like that. And it was so loud that Scott Drew couldn't do his little, right before the game, like, hey, Rah-rah. remember, we're going to do this, here's our keys to, you know, do this, do this, do this. So he took them off the floor real quick and did it in the hallway where you, you could hear yourself think. Well, Bill Self sees this and walks over to Devontae Graham and says, hey, they're disrespecting you by not watching this video. Now, look, one, Baylor's not beholden to watch a video. This is not It wasn't the national anthem. It wasn't any of that stuff. They just went off the floor during this video. But Devontae Graham, being the super stud player that he was right. and needing maybe a little bit of motivation and knowing that this is a good Baylor team he's about to play, gets his team... Just geeked up. And all Bill Self said to him was, I didn't watch this tape. <laughs> That's all he said. But like, they're not there. They're disrespecting you. And after the game, when asked about it, Bill Self was like, yeah, I did say that. <laughs> it's funny how that works. It's like, It worked. And, and so then you have to ask him, did you really think that? And he's like, no. He's <laughs> like, it's fine. Like, he's like, you use whatever you can in the moment. It is exactly what Deion Sanders does because a lot of it is manufactured. And not only that, and I'm sure Dion is going with, over with his team this week, is you cannot create and manufacture things and then go do those things and not expect it to be turned back around right. on you by someone who is also good at this, mm-hmm. which Dan Lanning clearly is. Yeah, I mean, nobody's Deion-level good at it, but – Dion spent years and years and years in the public eye crafting this. But, you know, when he's given the pregame speech and you see the guys out there jump on the O and they had said that they didn't like what people were just praying on the buffalo. Like
2: Oregon put out, you know, the the sizzle reel of it today. Yeah, the the sizzle reel of 4K or whatever. Conveniently the only ones in that video talking mess were, you know. Yes.
0: Colorado players, but that's how it works. But that's what he used. That just explains. That's what he used. Dion probably had a similar thing that he used. And that's how they go. That's how it works. But I don't think you should be holding to anything you said in a pregame speech. Almost like anything you say when you're drunk. <laughs> like no, I just blacked out there for a minute. Yeah, exactly. Happened. Like it's It's one of those things where you are just... You're trying to motivate however you can. You've got that last... Couple of minutes before everybody goes charging out on the field, and you need to say that thing. It's kind of like that scene in Walk the Line where, uh, you know, what I'm talking about where he's where in the, the water. Well, no, he's in the uh. stu- he's in the studio, and the guy's like that one song. Yeah, you
2: know, like <laughs> you have that one song on your deathbed. Man, and <laughs> yeah, it's just that's like...
0: that's how coaches think of the pregame speech every week. Mm-hmm. This is the one chance I've got to do this. Yeah, I. I text you last night and I said
2: you were like, what segment?" You know, we don't have segments right now. And I was like, how about just title this Why Not to Take Anything Any Coach Ever Says Seriously and Other Life Lessons yeah. from the Triple Option? It Dan Lanning, look, he was right when in his in his follow-up press conference, the, the Monday morning press conference that all these coaches do or Tuesday today's was Tuesday with yeah. the Monday morning thing that all the coaches do. He was right in saying is like, look, you saw like 15 seconds on ESPN. Now there's a couple of things. There's like, we're fighting for clicks. Everybody took that and was like very casual of Oregon to say that, you know, that they're fighting for clicks when we have like sneakers that change colors, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, the whole, the whole bit is ridiculous. And that's why I said, don't take anything that these guys say in the heat of the moment that seriously. And especially after we came off of a segment where Lane Kiffin now having to eat the trash was like, was like, yeah, they're just not calling the defensive coordinator. Isn't calling the plays anymore. And he just, they're just saying nonsense. It is whatever statistical they have found, whatever advantage to get these to motivate these 18 to 20 year old athletes. And, and, and look, it's a heck of a line. They're yeah. fighting for clicks. Yeah, you know we're fighting. We're fighting to win football for okay? wins. Yeah, and and it's a different and it's kind of a different mindset than what you have seen publicly from the Oregon teams and that transition that they want to be the the Alabama of the West. And I think Dan yeah. Lanning going there is like a really yeah step in that direction. But you know the I wanted to talk about is the reaction to the reaction, the Twitter stuff, and it feeds the machine. Dion knows it feeds the machine. Lanning knows it feeds the machine. You have to buy into it to get these players to come here. You have to buy into the hype. The dog whistles that are going off on Twitter right now are ridiculous. Yeah, no, look. Let's be real here. But like It's not that deep. It really is not that deep. No. And But people... And look, it's Twitter, so everything is hyperbole. But, like, people took it way too, way too far.
0: Yeah. It was, I thought it, I said, this is a great little little bit. Like, you know, yeah. I can't wait to hear how Dion, like, you know, spins this in his own way. Mm-hmm. But I only want the entertainment of the tête-à-tête between those two. Anything outside of that doesn't matter to me. It's just about that. Look, I'm, I'm old enough to remember that, you know, Jim Donnan and Phil Fulmer got in an actual fight. <laughs> After a game, one time. Oh. So, I I enjoy spiciness between coaches, especially when it's... I mean, look, how many times... Like, it's like a boxing match, right? Yeah. Like, w- you wouldn't really enjoy or get excited for kind of some random boxing matches where guys are literally beating each other up mm-hmm. in a fight, a fist fight. If they're like, man, I really I just, respect that guy. I just really respect Dennis. He's a great guy. Uh, I just... I'm, I I, I'm gonna hate punching him. Yeah. I just—I tell you, I wish we weren't doing this. I have so much. I could we just hug? Could, what if instead of a boxing match, you guys paid for pay-per-view for see if we could set the world record for the longest hug? Because I just love this guy so much. You know, no, you want to see winks that and hopscotch? What do we do that, guys? Yeah, like like yeah. where's you know? What if really this respect was, his family? What if this was there. just a baking show? Like what if we just did that? That's not that's not what you want. So. Yeah. People took it really seriously. And I do think that like Dion has a great many detractors who are detractors for reasons outside of his actual ability. That is right. very true. Yep. Um, but he also has, and he has, so he has people that are speaking up to protect him or speaking up in, in defense of, of, of those very small number of people, but this doesn't fall into that category at all. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you people try to pull it into that. And yeah. it's it's not. It was these were this is pre-game speech. Look, most of the stuff that Dion has motivated his team with is total malarkey. Right. Do you do you know who knows it's total malarkey? Dion, Dion. does. He knows it. He absolutely he knows it. And <laughs> he, if you if you think that jumping on Dan Lanning knows. If you think that them jumping on the O is the thing that's gonna get you over the hump where I need you to be. I won't tell you until later that it wasn't.
2: By the way, the dumbest tradition that people get mad about in sports.
0: They stepped on our logo. They step on it a lot. They're You're st- going to play on it, run over <laughs> it
2: in fact actually <laughs> yeah. many times hopefully. I mean, I don't know how many times Colorado crossed the 50, but like it just like it is that whole thing, that whole Shtick is is very funny. I don't know taking things out of context from a fifteen second clip while it was viral and did did go great, and then people taking that and running with that into completely separate uh, phases of where it didn't need to be yeah. is oh, I guess concerning. I mean, I guess it drives the numbers. I don't know where I am with it. I just know that like these coaches are selling their thing. Yeah, they're sell. They're it, all coaches when they're not
0: coaching should, you know, always be closing. Yeah. And look, nobody's going to be able to do – like Dan Lanning was doing Dan Lanning's thing. Mm-hmm. Dion's doing Dion's thing. Now, I think Dan Lanning and a lot of coaches are smart to know that I might have to do this a little bigger than I was because yeah. especially if I'm going to try – like Dan Lanning is, they're swimming in the same waters for players. Mm-hmm. They're They're going to go. Oregon and Colorado are going to go and try to get big five-star players mm-hmm. all the time. So you probably have to turn – your volume up a little bit more than you might might have initially intended because of who you are competing. You know with. the
2: moment; it's going to be the most watched game of the day.
0: Yeah, uh, yeah. So you, I'm going to turn the volume up because I need to in this moment. But you know, when I'm playing another coach that's not Deion Sanders, I may not need to do this. Yeah, you know,
2: we'll see if he lets the we'll see if he lets the cameras into the locker room after after that even anymore. So I'm, I'm sure. Sh- I'm sure. Why not? But why like, not? uh, you know, I just. I, I I do like kind of what Lanning is doing out there, and they were both. What it, What's funny is that the way that people took this, they're both like really complimentary of each other after the fact yeah. too. He was like, "What Dion's doing is great for football," and Deion Sanders,
0: if I remember correctly, was like, "Yeah, they beat the hell out of it." Like yeah. you know, and just, he told, said, "He said, look, he, I told him you better get me this year." Yeah, you know, yeah, good. The thing is, he'll probably never play again unless mm-hmm. it's a, a postseason game. They're not in the same conference anymore. I mean, once the – like, for them, like, once the season's over in January, they're not in the same conference.
2: And, look, I think a little bit of this – I mean, so much of the time we have – we're so used to, like – because the NFL is the most popular thing, we're so used to the coach speak that goes along with the Belichickian sort of coach speak, and that's become sort of popular is never give too much away. Yeah. College is kind of – I love when college does this, where – there's such a wide variety of coaches and so many coaches that like you're bound to get somebody that goes off the, ha- the you know, the handle a little bit. Yeah. I, I think people that, are, that haven't been watching college football that are now watching college football are like, well, they're really like going after each other. Yeah. I don't know if that's necessarily okay. I, I really think it, it just comes down to, and we're going to circles, but I really think it just comes down to trying to motivate 19 to 22 year old or 18 to 22 year olds whereas in like something like if people are used to watching the NFL you know they don't have to do that really you got some coaches Mike Vrabel or whatever that are gonna go nuts but like most of the time we're so used to the you know we came out there played really good football and we executed and did the thing and I was you know the players are really motivated to play I'm glad they showed up
0: like you, you know who's the best like basic locker room quote is that, like, makes it sound really good, but he's just giving you cliches, is Dak Prescott. <laughs> Listen to Dak Prescott after a win, and he's hitting all the, like, we're just playing the this brand of ball that we want to. Yeah. But he knows how to, like, throw a couple of other things in there where you're like, oh, okay, well, that was that, – That'll make a headline. That, that, that extra sentence really made this not boring. Uh, you know, right. but it's, he, that's how it is. But in college, yeah, you, I, I think that's what makes it a little different is it is – there is more – a little bit more – of us versus you, because, mm-hmm. again, you know, every team that lost in the NFL this last week, it doesn't really matter. Like no. it, it won't, like, ultimately... Fighting, like, fighting nobody, for
2: a playoff spot, this is, like, life or death, it feels like, every single week. And I don't know if people
0: are used to the magnitude, I think, of
2: every single game.
0: Yeah, and especially, like, people who might be NFL fans that don't watch as much college that tuned in specifically for the Dion game. Yeah. And they're like, well, this is... We don't see this all the time. Well, yeah, you know... You, you, you kind of do. Like, it's just – it's elevated. And look, nobody's immune to it. Dan Lanning's already stuck his foot in his mouth this offseason about Colorado when they asked him, how do you feel about Colorado leaving? And he said at the time, like in the moment, it made sense, but very rightfully so, that like Colorado's not done anything for the Pac-12. So why are they worried about them leaving? Because yeah. they hadn't, you know, since they'd gone over there, except for the fact that, you know, your team left – Less than two weeks later. Also,
2: <laughs> I I do want to ask, you know, because I posed the question is like, why not don't take anything these coaches say seriously? When do you have to take what they're saying? Like when they're losing, I think is probably when. I
0: don't know. Like I wouldn't take anything like you, you hear them say to the team is a different thing than what you hear them say to the public. Right. You know, so everything is in the gray area of in between, right? Mm-hmm. So something's in between, all of it.
2: You know, and granted, if a coach says uh, gets caught on a mic saying something heinous, heinous maybe we,
0: yeah, we take exactly. that. But no, I just think that yeah, if you uh, say something heinous, then you you're like you're comfortable enough to where you're saying it too much. Yeah, you know, so
2: maybe that needs to change. But I think the but I think I it it is an interesting line of like, okay, now I'm going to come into this formal press conference. This is where you need to take me seriously, yeah. probably. Yeah. We just have more access now than I think we've ever had. And, you know, they've always done the pre-game pump-up locker room stuff, and that has been filmed by ESPN for decades now. But, like, you know, we just – I think we have more access and more
0: access to react quicker now to it than – Oh, my gosh. I couldn't believe it. That's that's a great line. It was a great line. That's all people should have said. It's a great line. We're fighting for clicks. He got clicks. Yeah. There you go. Yes. Yeah. To just say the thing that you're – not fighting for, even though you are, and right. then people will... Meanwhile,
2: play. what do you think about, like... Because we talked about Lane Kiffin last week
0: doing the same thing, basically. And Look, do, whatever... Does he
2: has to even backtrack what? any of that? No, just like, he doesn't oh, have to whatever. backtrack.
0: He's just saying, well, that's what I thought when I watched that <laughs> part of the game. I mean, that's all he has to say. Oh, so, okay. That's like, what I thought. You know, whatever, that's just what I thought, you know. So... It's a great way to live, honestly. I mean, you know, whatever. So... That was just, and look, he's trying everything he can do to, to throw some spice and and maybe get, you know, people questioning and not. See, the thing is, if he throws that out there, then maybe they forget to ask him about, hey, is Quinchon Judkins totally healthy? Is that like you can throw that out there and people are like, oh, he said that they're not doing that. Well, now you're always thinking about that. Yeah. It's like me telling you don't think about a purple zebra. Well,
2: I'm thinking about a purple zebra.
0: You're thinking about a purple zebra. So. Oh no. He's, uh, and now and now you maybe forgot what you were gonna. Asked me about before. So I think that was more calculated in let's ask less questions about Ole Miss right now than and put the focus on Alabama. Right. Than anything he actually believed.
2: Well, and then the and then the antithesis of all the Dan Lanning stuff, which is it felt way more manufactured than even like Dan Lanning in the moment, like I feel like he believed what he said. I don't believe Ryan Day at all. Did you see the post game thing? Like Oh, that, uh, the that post- Lou Holtz the Lou bothered him? I don't, he was like watching clips earlier in the day. He did, like, He was online like the rest of us. And yeah, then he was like, I, th- I, I got to come out
0: here and give a rah-rah. Yeah. I th- yeah, I don't know. Like, I think, I think he, but Ryan Day probably used that for the team. Like, look at this old. Do they care what an octogenarian says? Doesn't matter. They're in Lou Holtz. Like, this is a guy who's in Lou Holtz. You're in Lou Holtz country. Lou Holtz is dis- disrespecting you. Let's make Lou Holtz sad on the day that they honor Lou Holtz. Like, that's, that's the, how I look at it. Like, Hey, he didn't think you could win this game. Oh, darn. Yeah. yeah. He just, he, this is a legend of this game. He coached and won a national championship at this university, too. Mm. And he somehow thinks that you guys are weak. You're weak. This old man thinks you're weak. <laughs> and, you know, whatever works. Again, like, even this. Th- I felt like that was more manufactured hey. than anything oh, that we yeah. saw look, from Amy, Look, Lanning. here's the thing that that now that you're past this age, I can tell you. <laughs> And you'll understand, because I was the same way. Even the smartest twenty year old kid yeah. is still an idiot. <laughs> you know how often I think of
2: that. Like Even my sister's the... still in college, and I'm like, not uh, not putting her down or anything, but sometimes like I'll see her friends or her, and I'm just like,
0: yeah, I was that dumb, wasn't I? Yeah. Yeah, and then like that's the thing that hurts. You'd be like, "Oh, these kids today are stupid." And you're like, "No, they're just I, as stupid as they always been." I was stupid too. It was just I looked a different kind of stupid. Yeah, you know? stupid. We in, we were really into baggy jeans. You guys are really into tight ones. That's the only difference that's coming back around. Jencos <laughs> yeah. are coming back around. Yeah.
2: No, <laughs> just more stupid in public. Yeah, I think too.
0: Yeah, just in front of a camera. But that's it. So whatever works again for even the. Yeah, because in the moment, especially emotionally in a locker room, you get all fired up and you get that rah rah speech. Like, oh look, as an adult, I've been to see like motivational speakers and I've I've like walked out and been like, Man, you know what? I'm really gonna apply that to my life. Have I? No. Okay. But in the moment, I bought the rhetoric because of how it was delivered to me. Sell That's me it. this pen. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Sell me this pen. When we come back, we'll talk about the big games this week, and then later in the show, we're going to play Paul and Royden Try to Fix a Program. Which one? We're going to do Michigan State today. Oh, no. We're going to do Michigan State. Okay. We're going to start difficult. Okay. And then maybe get easier. But Paul and Royden Fix a Program, Michigan State. All right. From the top down, (laughs) we're going soup to nuts.
2: Let's start somewhere like Clemson.
0: (laughs) Clemson, it's easy. Spend the money that we all know you have. No, that's, fair. that's all you got to do. When we come back, we'll look at some of the bigger games this week. I want Royden's thoughts on Notre Dame and Duke, which there is a, a time throughout all of human recorded history where we would not have talked about this game at all. Mm-hmm. But now it's important, and I don't understand what the world is. This is the Triple Option on 365 Sports.
1: If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation. 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the Triple Option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina.
0: Welcome back to the Triple Option. Paul Catalina, Royden Ogletree. Royden, Jack, and I will all be in Orlando this week. Look at that. Yes, and I'm going to put you on the spot, Royden. You're going to come down. Bounce House Social in Orlando, Friday 4 to 7. We're going to be there. Are you buying? Somebody is. Oh, okay. <laughs> sure, but come on down, hang out with us. I'll be there. Bring bring Darby. Don't just leave her behind alone in Orlando. Oh, this is just this is just for the boys. <laughs> no. But uh we're having a big I get event the there. Darby uh,
2: will do just fine on her own.
0: <laughs> yeah, she'll be all right. <laughs> I don't know. But uh yeah, so we'll be there. KBTX will be there. Um we'll be doing pregame stuff there as well mm-hmm. uh, on Saturday, so uh, should be a good time. So uh, on Thursday, Jack and I will be at Burger U. And then on Friday, Jack and I will be uh, at Bounce House Social. Um, Is there actual know? bounce houses? I don't. I don't. I hope so. That's the only reason I will come. I mean, that's what they call the stadium there. So I'm sure they I have bounce houses. Too. I was promised bouncy houses. That's why it's so hard to win there because instead of grass, it's, it's just, just the bounce. Inflatable. Everybody's tearing their ACLs all yeah. over the place. You have to get used to it. Right? <laughs> so. Sorry, so stupid.
2: Just... Hey, remember how bad the turf was
0: at NRG Stadium? Yeah. Just double that. <laughs> you know, uh, speaking of that, I'm, I'm just as a warning. Garrett might have experienced this because he has children. But do you know how many adults I know that have hurt themselves at children's birthday parties, jumping in the bounce house? A lot. A lot. Like, there's a lot. To varying levels of severity, but, like, you'll see them again, like, a week later, and you're like, hey, uh, what's going on with your shoulder there? You're kind of holding it. Like, oh, after the party, we thought we'd go jump in the bounce house, and uh, I can't do that anymore. <laughs> 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 Things don't move the way they used to. You ever seen somebody,
2: like, the video, there's a video that will go viral every single year of somebody sprinting, like, that is well past the age of sprinting? Yeah every single time that they tear their hamstring. I, and I kind of thought about it. I was sitting there and I was. I'm, I'm glad when I
0: tore both of mine, it wasn't on video.
2: <laughs> yeah, I'm like, I was playing softball. I don't know when the last time I sprinted was. Like what do I have to sprint? If I'm sprinting,
0: something's on fire. Royden, I tore, I tore both my hamstrings in a friendly game of softball. Oh no. <laughs> in the game that my team was up 22 to five. Oh brother. <laughs> That's how hard – that's how my competitive juices got going because – This double is going to be the one. Well, Q, your Q, yeah. your boy Q, he's on Las Vegas radio now. Your boy Q was the left fielder for the other team, and I wanted to kind of stick it to him. Mm. But, you know. Both of them. <laughs> pop, pop. Mm. Embarrassing. And guess what? Q came in from left field and tagged me out as I was laying on the ground. That's how competitive he was. So again, um, here's the thing for people over 35. Mm. It's the rule of 80%. If everybody goes 80%, you're all still hustling, and you're still going to have fun, but you're probably not going to hurt yourself. Right. It's the minute where you feel like you've got to give it your all.
2: That's going to go wrong. That's
0: going to go wrong. Because here's the deal. Physical acts right now, unless you're in an, a real competition for real steaks, when you're older, you're not Tom Brady. You're just in your, like... You, you are eating nightshades still. Yeah. Nobody nobody is going to come to you and be like, if it would have been for you, we'd have won that pickleball tournament, you yeah. punk. <laughs> you coward. Uh, look. <laughs> Hold
2: on there. <laughs> no, uh, st- just before we go into this, if you're... I don't know how young your audience is if you're younger than me. Start stretching now.
0: Yeah, exactly. Get out of bed start stretching. All right, so this week, uh, it's some interesting games. I think the one that peaks, doesn't necessarily peak my interest the most, but in the football and sports are weird is Notre Dame and Duke. In that Notre Dame, my opinion about them, after Ohio State hasn't changed at all. They're still the same team I thought they were going to be. right. Uh, especially when they put all 11 guys on the field, they're really salty.
2: As it, it was, <laughs> you know, it goes a long way when you have all the people that you're supposed to have.
0: Especially when they do it two plays in a row. Was it two plays in it a row? was two plays in a row. I thought I
2: just saw the last play, because that was what
0: everybody was well, highlighting. Well, the, the second to last play where they completed the pass, they only had 10 on the field. Oh, that not good. Yeah. That's not good. So, yeah. But Notre Dame and Duke play, and Duke, like Notre Dame just came off a really physical game against Ohio State we just talked about. And Duke plays very physical. Mm -hmm. So I kind of get the feeling we're going to see a similar game with Notre Notre Dame and Duke, but just absolute Sam Hartman and Riley Leonard kind of going at each other. And, you know, we'll we'll see. I think it's going to be really interesting to see how this one breaks down because I think the way the style of football that Marcus Freeman wants to play and the style that Mike Elko want to play are are pretty similar.
2: Well, look, I think Ohio State, granted, take this with a grain of salt because they lost – Marvin Harrison Jr., who is, like, the ultimate game changer. They couldn't really throw the ball against against uh, Notre Dame. I, Leonard only has two I mean, touchdown he came back passes. in the
0: game, so.
2: Yeah, Leonard only has two touchdown passes. It's mm-hmm. That's not their strong suit. I mean, obviously, like, Waters has seven mm-hmm. touchdowns on the ground. That's where they're doing most of their work. But, like, the game that I've watched with Duke, of course, was the early Clemson game and uh, since then a few others. But they're just, like, they're nasty, man. Like their linebackers are flying all over the place, hitting each other, and I think it's the same for Notre Dame. I trust Notre Dame's offense to kind of bounce back a little bit more, just because, like we said last week, they are relying on like freshmen and stuff to to make a lot of plays. But I think Hart, I think Hartman has to have a bounce back game. Yeah. I mean, he's just been too good this this year.
0: Now, and he granted, was, he was okay the other night. I mean, they were just in the, that was the kind of game it was going like. Both of the guys were, like, everybody on offense for both teams was okay. Right. Like, it was a defensive game. It was – I didn't think anybody played terrible. It's just both those defenses were controlling that game. But it is interesting to see where
2: that coach has Duke all of a sudden. Like, I mean, they just believe in themselves. It goes a long way to revitalizing program. Or or Duke's never been vital in the first place. So, like, I just, like – making them into something that they've never been before yeah and look they they spend all the money on in the world on basketball and making that program what it's been i i don't see why duke can't be a premier football like especially in the carolinas like i think i think in the tar Heels? i mean obviously it goes a long way when you have the coach that the tar heels do but like
0: why can't duke be there right with like where NC state has at least been, or I, I think part of the thing is that if you've ever been good coach at Duke, somebody coming to get you like that's fair. C. Spurrier was a really good coach at Duke. And guess what happened? His alma mater came and said, please come and fix us. And he did, um, you know, David Cutcliffe was kind of the perfect guy for them where they were going to be good. Sometimes they were going to be Duke sometimes and ride the wave. But eventually, you know, his time came and went. So what's probably going to happen with Mike Elko here. Mm-hmm. Like, Mike Elko going to stay at Duke, or I think is someone going to hire bit, Mike Elko? Yeah, he's
2: a little bit older, so yeah. maybe like he decides to stick around mm. for a little bit. But I'm saying they have the facilities, they have the money to, or maybe they don't. I'm not sure about the football facilities, but they have like the infrastructure in place yeah. to compete. So I'm, I'm glad to see that they're, that they're in the mix. I'll, and it just makes an already entertaining ACC that much more entertaining when you have
0: that much more depth. Yeah. So. Look, and and. um I mean, speaking from a totally unbiased perspective here, Clemson being down a little bit is good if other teams are good as well. So it's not good if Clemson is down and so they're, like you just have a bad league. Right. So if North Carolina continue to be good, if Florida State's really back, if all those things are true, then that's fine. Like Clemson being down is not bad for the ACC. It's probably, at least in the short term, good thing for them. Well, I mean,
2: people wanted to make this argument with the Big 12 when Texas wasn't. Yeah. quote unquote their best. So I just think that like you know does a does a rising tide lift all boats in this situation? Like probably. I just think that um you the ACC wants Clemson to be good. Don't get, don't get me wrong, but I do think that yeah, having having those programs come up to meet them is the best option that Well, look,
0: be. the the Big 12's only become more interesting in the in the interim, that Oklahoma's not guaranteed to play in the title game every year, right? Right. So, like, those two things are, are pretty interesting that, you know, the last couple of years where they haven't. Mm-hmm. So Oklahoma's not been in the title game. Okay, great. They're not going to be one of the teams that you just go to default win it. Uh, and the reason the SEC grew as much as it did was they could point to a bunch of different teams that were winning it all the time, and it wasn't the same until Alabama took that away from them. But they still tried to pretend like,
2: Right, it was the whole thing. It's
0: the whole thing. Well, built in there, baby. Yeah, the whole thing is good. Well, no, Alabama's doing something that nobody else is doing. So Alabama started to kind of Oklahoma, the SEC a little bit, but nobody noticed because there was enough diversity in there where you're like, well, okay. Eventually
2: LSU will
0: win one. LSU's going to win one. Georgia's now popped up and won one. But, um, you know, Tennessee in 1998 doesn't matter anymore. Yeah. You know, the two Urban Meyer titles were a long time ago, long enough now that they've made a documentary about it. Like, you can't just I'm, say... A thing that you loved, I'm sure. Yeah. Well, I, I talked about it at length on this show. I don't know if you were here that day, but I was I uh, I was. I was hot about it. Uh, <laughs> untold, except for all the stuff that you already know. <laughs> yeah. Un- untold. No, it stayed to be untold. We're <laughs> Untold, and we're not going to tell it. Yeah. Not from our they perspective. Need to
2: cha- they really need to change
0: the the... Name of that documentary series? Well, if, if, if you're right. if you're not going to tell anything, then yes. Yeah. Uh, but uh, yeah. So uh, there are like those conferences. Look, the ACC is is the same as the Big Twelve was. Like, look, of the last thirty some odd titles, like Florida State and Clemson have won twenty nine of them. Yeah. You know, there's like four other teams that have like snuck up and got them. Mm-hmm. You know, so. There, there's, not, um, there's not a lot of diversity in the wins there when it comes down to it. So when someone who's had such a chokehold on it loses gr- a grip on a conference – and look, Duke, Miami, like all these teams could very well come up and win it. Like yeah. there's, there's no guarantees right now. Like Florida mm-hmm. State looks really good, but they're four games into this thing. You know, I mean,
2: in, not for nothing, the past two games they've looked – granted, Clemson is
0: still talented regardless of where they are, but like they've looked beatable too. Yeah, again so- – I like. There's not a team in the country, except for Michigan and Georgia, who haven't been challenged yet. Mm-hmm. That to me hasn't looked beatable. Texas has looked beatable. You yeah. know, I mean, they 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 look less and less beatable by the second, but they've looked beatable. Right. You know, Ohio State's looked beatable, right? She probably should have been beaten last week. You know, like everybody else has looked Ryan beatable. Ryan will come after you, man. Well, you Washington hasn't
2: looked beatable yet. They're they may be the one where I'm like they look. Now, they, I'm not sure how much of a challenge they have, they'll have coming up against Arizona, who is, you know, they're 3-1, and one, and I think faring a little bit better than Arizona State, who threw the book at USC this yeah. last time. But, like, I, Washington, from start to finish, is just murdering people.
0: Oh, yeah, look. With, like, their with tests, lo- with the most efficient offense maybe ever. Like, yeah, they're, they're probably going to be 5-0 and after this week, yeah. unless this is some sort of trap game. But then they have Oregon. I mean, nine nine p.m. in Arizona, like yeah. <laughs> then they have as hell. they have Oregon uh, in two weeks on the fourteenth. So then they have a bye week to get ready for Oregon. Their schedule on the way out is as difficult as anybody's in the country, and that's because the Pac-12 is difficult. At USC, home for Utah, at Oregon State, and home for the Apple Cup, which might be the last Apple Cup for the foreseeable future that be such a fun game. There may be a thousand points scored in that game. I mean, so that's their last four. But if they, again, if they continue to play like this, then those last four even going be that problem. But yeah, they are. Well, yeah,
2: Michael Phoenix looks like the best quarterback in the country, not named Caleb Williams. But mm-hmm. like, uh, you know, I think they they roll over probably Arizona State mm-hmm. or Arizona rather. Yeah, Arizona. And it's a, you know, it's an eighteen point. They're an 18-point favorite, so yeah. I don't know. I it, it gets a little wonky when you st- when the day starts winding down and mm-hmm. those night games are going on out in the desert, but yeah. I think it'll be I think it'll be fine this year. I was I wanted to mention to you, and I know that that you know, of course people are going to want to talk about Texas and Kansas and LSU and all Miss, but Florida Kentucky to me is sneaky, maybe
0: the best game of the weekend. Well, I think we'll see uh, who they both are. Yeah, a little bit Florida. I kind of think I know who they are. They might be a little bit better than I thought, but uh look, I'm gonna bet on Devin Leary, who I think is a lot better than Graham Mertz. And um as a matter of fact, I think that uh Devin Leary not going to Alabama was my big shocker of the offseason. Yeah. I thought that he that's what he was gonna do because he's very much a kind of a Sabin style quarterback. Um, but uh I think I think I think Kentucky will show like Mark Stoop's one of the better coaches in the SEC that people forget about because Kentucky went from being a basketball-only school to being like, oh, they're a solid seven and five to eight and four, nine and three right. team in a good year. Well, he's a really good coach that so he's doing that at a school that cares, you know, had cared so little about football that he was able to. It's the Duke effect. Like call it out, yeah. Well, look, he and John Calipari, you know, got into a, a little bit of a spat last year because John Calipari. Very public was like, well, this is a basketball school and people care about basketball. In the middle of one of their better football seasons they were having. It's like, hey, um, can we not Can we like just like why don't you wait till we're over? Like, I get it. Nobody knows more than I do that we're a basketball school. You know, my brother is Bob Stoops and at his school they gave him whatever he wanted. (laughs) You know. I know I know that
2: Devin Leary has five interceptions already on the year, but like, I mean, over a thousand yards passing. But like, does he Granted, look, they've played like Eastern Kentucky and like Akron and uh, you know Vanderbilt, but like, does he make that team go a little bit more than what we saw Will Levis do last year?
0: I don't know. I think like, it's Will about, Levis is awesome. Was I think awesome it's I think it's about for, the same. I think that yeah, that's why like, and he wanted to play for Liam Cohen again. So yeah, he wanted to play for Liam Cohen, and you know, so that's why he went there. So um, yeah, I don't know. There, look, Kentucky's. Kentucky's next four are against Florida, which they have at home, and they they actually just slayed that Dragon winning in Gainesville recently, which they hadn't done in forever. Then they got to go to Georgia, so sorry about your luck. Um, And then Mizzou and Tennessee, who I don't think we really know that much about either of those two programs either. Um, We think – I mean, they've had their – Tennessee's had their moment of bad. They haven't really had their moment of good yet. Mizzou's had their moment of good. We'll see if, you know – who they are down the line. but
2: I just want to know if Florida can score points. That's Look, they really only mohel. scored
0: 22 against that's Charlotte. Yeah,
2: that's why I'm thinking it's going to be a nasty game that I'm really interested in watching.
0: Defensively, they're probably better than I think a lot of people gave them credit for after the Utah game because they, they looked like they were standing in mud there. But um, Utah just doesn't need to score points to win games mm-hmm. you know. right now. And the, the, the scary thing about Utah is eventually going to get Cam Rising back. And they're going to score more points. Is that how that works? Yeah. Oh, okay. That's how it's going to go. But uh, another one uh, this week. Okay. We're going to close with Texas and Kansas in this segment. But Ole Miss and LSU, to me, Ole Miss coming off a very disappointing loss. LSU, I was sitting here watching that game with Garrett. He's still – look at his face. He's still stressed out about it. You can't see him because we don't have a camera pointed that way. But, honestly, he's still stressed out about it. And it's been over for four days. Uh, He's – yeah, he. It was not LSU's best moment, but they gutted it out. Uh, Ole Miss in the second half of that game uh, let Jaden Milrow find his confidence, which is not good for the rest of the SEC. In that you had a team that was playing not confident for the first time. Alabama a long time.
2: wanted to spit the bit so bad in that game, and, they, and and Ole Miss never never took it.
0: Yeah, so never capitalized. It's going to take. And the SEC West is like got the potential to like. Eat its own tail this year, like the snake. Like, that's mm-hmm. because who's of the teams in the SEC West right now? Who's great? Who do you like? Who would you worry about playing in any circumstance? Not even Bama right now. No, and I just that performance was
2: so bad. I mean, obviously, like, it goes against a Hall of Fame coach who then found out what was ever wrong with his. Defense and turn all of a sudden their secondary could cover, yeah. but you know, I that performance from Ole Miss was just so disappointing considering what we know like
0: a Lane Kiffin offense to be. That I, I don't know, like, do you have a no? Like, I think I think LSU's catching them at the right moment because they Ole Miss had a chance, they had a, a chance to slay the dragon, mm-hmm. and then they'd have been rolling in on Saturday. Um, uh, evening at home for some reason a five o'clock start that's a random but, time but yeah um, but they're rolling in five o'clock welcoming LSU they can be like hey we just beat Alabama gave them two home losses in a row we we slayed the dragon you know so now we're the kingmakers mm-hmm. of the SEC West. And then LSU, who had to you know white-knuckle through a performance, can be like, oh, God, here we go again. But now I think LSU's coming off a big win. They're coming off a really disappointing loss. And I think LSU's in a good position here to, to especially if they can be consistent on offense, they have these flashes of like, yeah. you know, holy cow, these guys can do some things, but they don't seem, the play calling seems choppy. If they can find themselves, I think this would be a good week to do it. Uh, against Lane Kiffin, who, who really needs to bounce back after after what happened in second an egg, half, man. yeah,
2: really uh, laying an egg.
0: I you know they're
2: only going to go as far
0: as as
2: Daniels takes them. Now he's been pretty dynamic most of the season. Yeah, can he uh, protect himself from getting body slammed in through the surface of the earth? But he, he doesn't
0: see – like I. I know he's a tall guy, but he's not like a big guy. Yeah, but I think he feels like he's a lot. bigger He's all than he arms is. and legs, but I'm just like it. Every time that I see a highlight
2: of Daniels, he, he has is a like, lot of torso. He is like getting smashed through the surface of the earth, through the earth's crust. And everybody's just like, oh, well, that happens. Yeah. And it's
0: like, no, no, that doesn't need to happen to your starting quarterback that, like, who's been really good. Yeah. Okay. We saw Texas here last week look as good as the team can possibly look. Oh, my that God. That muffed two punts. Yeah. <laughs> and, uh, but that was the only bad things that seemingly happened to them. They are building something there, for sure. But Kansas has been a nightmare for them, not only in games that they've lost, but in some of the games that they've beaten Kansas, has had to go down. I mean, Sam Ellinger had to take Kansas to to an overtime. Yeah, Yeah, in overtime. They lost at home a couple years ago, Mm -hmm. very very famously in Sark's first year. You know, the kid got an Applebee's NIL deal out of it. It's the best thing that's ever (laughs) done. It's the most Kansas thing I've ever seen. It's like... (laughs)
2: <laughs> Come on down to Applebee's.
0: Yeah. Where are you going to go after the game? Well, Apple. I got to go to Applebee's okay. for sure. Yeah, yeah. This is bottomless, boneless wings. What are you talking about? Like, have seven so ninety nine lunch. Get on it. Yeah. So, I I do think though, as and as good as this Kansas team has started to get, right. I think it's going to be a little bit different for them rolling in now. Where I don't know if they're going to be. They're not going to sneak up on Texas no. for one, and two, they're going to see a Texas crowd that is like engaged <clears throat> to a level that they weren't the last time they were there.
2: You're not going to come in and beat us. Not <laughs> this is in the same old Texas. Team. That's so funny that we have to talk about it like
0: that. But but it is true. But the, look, the, like if you looked at the crowd that night they were playing Kansas, they, I mean, they sold out the game, but they weren't there. They, no. they weren't there. Yeah. I mean, they weren't there. There wasn't all these things going on where now. Texas has decided, like, finally, maybe let's make this thing an event, you know, again. And well, last year it was we were it was disappointing because they
2: went into it and like Daniels was another Daniel uh, Jalen Daniels was rolling and was like odds on Heisman favorite for a minute for Kansas and then got hurt. Maybe not going into that Texas game, but he got hurt and missed. He missed missed the Texas game, and so it was like that was disappointing. And I just don't. Even though their backup, I forget, uh, is been there forever. Being Jason, yeah, Bean. Jason Bean, like, is serviceable. We didn't get what we were promised last year. Mm-hmm. Like an actually a good te- Kansas team going up against a Texas team instead of like these plucky underdogs. Yeah. But yeah, now now they're no longer they are underdogs, but they are not like you're like you said they're not going to sneak up on you. Texas watching them play Baylor. They are the biggest and fastest that I've mm-hmm. ever seen them. Yeah, and that's saying something. I mean, not going back to discounting maybe the two thousand and five, two thousand ten, or nine teams, but even those teams, those dudes up front were bigger. the The defensive linemen were bigger than Baylor's offensive linemen. Yeah, and I think that's probably going to kind of play into the the Kansas game. Is I don't know. Will they be able to scheme up some stuff? Will Leipold be able to, like, I, I, throw I, the book at them? And, like, like no, like I was saying that Arizona State was doing to USC where they're yeah. doing, like, halfback passes and whatever. Yeah. I think you kind of have to do that mm-hmm. because they're just too big and too fast. It's, it was truly shocking to see how fast they got off the ball mm-hmm. and how big they were. They can be beaten downfield a little bit, Texas can. If you can get off the ball. Yeah. Will Daniel's running threat come into it? Maybe
0: more so than what yeah. we saw against Baylor. I, this sure. is interesting because they've got Oklahoma right after. Yeah, right. So this, but again, this would this would be a trap game for Texas at home. If this had never happened before, right? But now, like, there's guys. Like everybody's like, Ooh. look, look. The last time Kansas was there, they lost this game, right? Yeah, and so. They've had all these games against Kansas that's been a problem, and a lot of these guys on this team have lived through that. It's a meme. They so, the
2: Players know it's a meme. So, so
0: they know it now. So I think that it's going to be a little bit different. All right, we'll take a break right here. We come back really quickly. We're going to fit, fix Michigan State. Oh, yay. Yeah, we're going to hire a coach and all that stuff. This is the Triple Option 365 Sports.
1: If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications. Your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable. So it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster. This is 365 Sports, powered by Sikkim365.com. Welcome to the triple option. Here's your host, Paul Catalina.
0: Welcome back. There it is. Yeah, there it is. (laughs) Second day in a row I've done that. I'm I'm very, you have no idea how disappointed in myself I am. How long have you been doing radio? It's not even that. It's not even that. I'd have a show with another guy who does it every day. uh, Has done it every day in spite of the fact that the open's the same every day. And who makes all of these opens? I do. (laughs) I do. So it's a little bit worse. It's a little bit worse uh was hoping that you wouldn't throw that in there jack but thanks uh so you're fired <laughs> 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 Royden has no authority here he's just a guest in the studio uh Royden okay let's fix Michigan State let's fix that okay that's the first coaching job that's open so let's fix it did let's they, start they I'm lost did they officially fire him well they've told him he's going to be fired Okay, and now he he's responded, and so look, he's not coming back. The job's open. Yeah,
2: we litigated this. Yes, two shows ago.
0: When you sexually harass the person, you come, you uh, invite to uh, teach people against sexual harassment and sexual assault. Not great, Bob. No, not good. That is the uh, that is the kind of definition of stupid. Right, Uh, but. They've got, they've got problems administratively, like mm-hmm. top-down, that they've got to figure out. But let's fix them from a football perspective. What's the new Big Ten going to be? Because they're going to have to fit into that. We've already seen Wisconsin and Purdue lean harder into it. Like Purdue was already kind of doing it and then maybe even leaned harder with – uh, you know, bringing in a Graham Harrells, the offensive coordinator. Wisconsin with Phil Longo under Luke Fickle opening things up. You've got Oregon, Washington, USC, UCLA coming in wide open. Now, do you try to be Michigan State that's Michigan State of old and, like, tough and gritty and we're Michigan State and East Lansing, gosh darn Michigan, and we're going to be fight, you know, we're going to, you know, eat nails and crap thunder. I don't know. But <laughs> I don't know. Eat uh, lightning and crap thunder. Yeah, all those different things. Like, and hire somebody like Mike Elko, or do you go, you know what? Let's open this thing up a little bit.
2: You know, I was thinking, and I was just thinking of coaches that don't currently have jobs, but also, is you know, it's hard to envision a world where, like, Michigan and Michigan State. I mean – they were throwing it around a little bit, especially in that. I mean, they're always based on a run-first offense, but in that Sugar Bowl or not Sugar Bowl, the uh, Cotton Bowl that they beat Baylor, you know, they throwing it. They're throwing it around. Yeah, they, uh, Connor Cook, Con- was Connor pretty good. Connor Cook, was good. good college quarterback. I, I, it's hard to envision a world where I'm waking up on a Saturday morning and it's gray outside and it's snowing and everything, and they're not running the football, like that just doesn't sit right with me for some mm. reason. I do like kind of zigging when everybody's zagging, like you're bringing in all these new teams and like where, you know, all of a sudden, you know, the big 12 was wide open forever. And then all of a sudden it's just like, Hey, how about we just run the football? Like we just wide, like Baylor's like, let's just wide zone run. Mm-hmm. And it worked for one season, you know, but I, I kind of like that. So I was thinking David Shaw, Like, I know it didn't work out at the end there at Stanford, but he worked for a while. It worked. I mean, for a long while. Were we riding Harbaugh's coattails? Maybe a little bit, but like, he produced some NFL caliber talent. He had Stanford playing way better than they should have. Also, he's just a steady, good guy, too. Yeah. So, like, I don't know. He seems like a California guy now. Like, he just – I think he lives out there His mm-hmm. kids go to California colleges and play yeah. football. I'm – it – I don't know. It just made more sense to me because it, he was so steady at a school that was always fighting an uphill battle against larger brands, which I think Michigan State is going to have to do, even though they put a lot of money into yeah. their their athletic uh, stuff.
0: I, I kind of like the idea of a Brian Hartline at, at Ohio State because he's clearly recruiting that area. L- yeah. Well, I mean, in his – I mean, look at who he's getting. Mm -hmm. Like, if you're a good wide receiver, you're probably going there. Yeah. You know, so I would I would try to take a chunk out of a rival, and I would say, like, all right, here you go. And I would take that away from Ryan Day and see how he responds to it and see if Brian Hartline could be my guy. Now, look, he hasn't been a coordinator for all that long, uh, and so you might be making, like, the Cliff Kingsbury mistake, but – the one thing that he is clearly doing is he is recruiting. is well, yeah. absolutely recruiting and recruiting really well. He's the best recruiter on that staff that gets, you know, top five, ten classes every single year.
2: Yeah, the uh, the other name that was mentioned around in, in some circles, and he was a Texas guy yeah. too, and, um, you know, he's been mentioned in some potential uh, – I don't want to speak out of turn, but to, like, if if a job in Texas were to open yes. per se, the Oregon offensive coordinator, who I am now blanking on,
0: oh, will um,
2: Will Stein, Will Thank Stein, you. yeah, he's only like thirty four, yeah, and he's only been a full time offensive coordinator, I think, for, for two, two years. years, yeah. So is that ready to run a program? No, but you want to ch- take a chunk out of a new rival.
0: Well, you know, um, it was funny, and look, this is this is just our message board and chat room during the show, but. You know, yesterday I was reading and one of the listeners was like, well, they they should hire this guy or this guy or this guy when we're talking about coaches. And I'm like, well, why everybody you're saying like old, like I know that like you keep saying these old guys. Yeah. Well, this is clearly a young man's game. Like where Kirby Smart is starting to get Nick Saban, I think, is that Kirby Smart is 30 years younger than Nick Saban is. Yeah. So, I mean, like, that's that's where he's getting him. We spent you know? a whole segment talking about Dan Lanning like he's some season vet. Lanning's only 37. No. Yeah. So, you've got – look around. Lincoln Riley's young. Dan Lanning is young. You know, uh, Steve Sarkeesian is old compared to them, but he's not an old guy. Right. Right? Um, you know, the, the most Mike, – Mike Norvell's young. Mm-hmm. You know, that like, it's a young man's game. And it, it really kind of always has been. You know, but occasionally, like somebody will be in a program so long that they, they do Never so did. well they they that they were young. <laughs> right. You know, like I, I, there was a time when Bobby Bowden was young and Kyle Whittingham was young, and those guys were young dudes. I think Petrino was always like,
2: uh,
0: or Paterno rather, was always like. Was always He was like, always like ninety eight. Yeah, all those guys are like. But really, when you look at it, most of the time it's, you know, when Barry Switzer had his most success in Oklahoma. Was he old-ass Barry Switzer? No. He was a young dude. Yeah. So, yeah. So that that I do think. Darrell Royal at Texas. Like, I knew the man when he was old. I met him when he was old. I didn't know him when he was young. When he was young, he was a badass football coach. Like, so those are the things that I think that, um, that they need to do. And they maybe need to, because Michigan State needs to rethink everything they're doing as a university, clearly. Right. Because top-down, they don't they don't make good decisions. I think it was mentioned
2: before. is like, it, it's a, it even goes as far as like administration because they have had like something like five presidents in four years or something, yeah. it, it, you know, interim or otherwise. So it's a lot more than what we can do here on a, on a yeah. show and talk about, but, but yeah, for the stuff that we, philosophically. Yeah. You know, I don't know, like what do they need to go after the high flying athletes or do they need to make the, like, let's just turn this into Iowa North.
0: Yeah, no. Yeah. I, I, I wouldn't want like. Here's the deal. What's ha- what's the problem with Iowa right now? American East farmers. I don't know. They, they cannot. They cannot score points. They just went and got shut out in a year where they can't even like. They have a hard target for points. So anytime that you have zero, that's not any points you've I think added. It
2: lowers the. The average,
0: usually. Yeah. yeah. And they can't, like, when you're trying to get to 325 total points scored, zero gets you no closer. That was unbelievable.
2: I told you that they, I didn't believe in them at all, yeah. like, coming into that they were going to score. Like, a Brian Ferentz offense is nasty. And uh, yeah, I was completely for, right. About for that.
0: Brian Ferentz individually at Iowa, they might as well have not played. That would have <laughs> been better. Like, you could have taken that out of the average, had a tornado come, and canceled the game. Right. That would have been better than them actually going out and playing and giving yeah, we you... Need
2: an N-A and not a zero.
0: Yeah, exactly. N-A and not a zero, because a zero says, oh, no, we, we not only played, we played, we tried to do that, and only got 61 total yards in four quarters. That's 15 yards a quarter. 15 yards a quarter that they averaged. So I think they don't need to to double down on that. If I'm Michigan State, I'm going to hire somebody that's gonna like Sean Lewis, the Colorado officer coordinator. Open this bad boy up and make Michigan State fun. Yeah.
2: I well, you gotta do a few things. You gotta you have to be able to compete with Michigan. That's the one I think that'll save a lot of jobs if you are yes. able to compete with Michigan. It goes a long way to to beating your rival. Um, I don't know. Can can Tom Izzo coach football? <laughs>
0: yeah, <laughs> I think they've probably asked themselves that a lot. Like, do you could you figure this one out and go? I, look, coach. We know like you're always like around like the elite
2: eight. So like, what if we just took a couple years in the Sweet Sixteen? Yeah, you come you, out you and figure do this. out the wide zone offense. Yeah, absolutely. Like, All uh, right. I, it, Philosophically, it's 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 going to take a whole like teardown. Now I've talked about like how much I don't necessarily love like a teardown of a of an entire program because I don't know what like tanking quote unquote yeah. does, but it's going to take something like what I from Matt Rule did at Baylor to well, you know, look, and, to
0: and look, it doesn't take as long anymore. Everybody's no. kind of proving it. Like you can go get in the transfer portal, but you've got to be you got to be pretty smart about that. Royden, thank you so much. I'll see you in Orlando this weekend. Uh, And again, uh, Burger U on Thursday at 2 o'clock Eastern Time, uh, which would be 1 o'clock Central, but 2 o'clock we'll be there. Uh, And then on Friday at 4 o'clock we'll be at Bounce House Social. So uh, that should be really fun. Can't wait to
2: tear my ACL on a Bounce House.
0: Yeah, and I think uh, just if I can coordinate it, it looks like we're going to have a UCF legend stop by. So... We're working that. We're working that right now. Bortles, maybe. Sorry, maybe, <laughs> maybe he knows him. He knows him. Played on the same yeah. team. If I could get, if I could get uh, Jason from the, yeah, <laughs> Bortles. <laughs> if I could get him. That'd be great too. This is the triple option on three sixty five sports.
1: If your business is like most, you need things done quickly. But if you're still tying your critical applications together on multiple shared public networks, you've probably been feeling the slowdown. And that's no good for business. A private UPN fiber network can get you and your business moving at the speed of light. Whatever you need, we can build it. Internet, Metro Ethernet, Waves, Dark Fiber. We deliver custom private networks and are focused on business customers only. Our next generation 100% fiber optic infrastructure offers you low latency and ultra scalable bandwidth with speeds up to 100 gigabit to run your critical applications your connection won't be limiting your performance anymore. It's diverse and scalable, so it can grow and change as your business grows and changes. And with a secure carrier-grade private network, you'll have all the reliability you need. Contact UPN today to learn more. Fast just got faster.